Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. All right, don't close the door yet. Uh, Doug and Marty are here, and... uh, we're gonna we're gonna work to the rescue. Doug and Marty to the rescue. That's what I'm thinking. It's and the, you are it, Doug, right? It is like the exact <laughs> Marty. It's the exact center of summer. Like right. Are now. you serious? Right <laughs> now? Like, yes. I thought it was gonna go happen? off on the whole seven thing. We have a lot of sevens. You know, seven fourteen. Now it's seven seventeen. Uh, Twenty one. You know, it's it, multiples of sevens. What's going on, brother? So it's right it's in the middle per, of summer. It's the perfect summer. You so, know what? So I, this is Doug and Marty versus the world. My name is Doug Bassler. And my name is Marty McClendon. Uh, welcome to the show. And to Doug's point, I had to go look the other day. We've gotten about 34 days of sunshine in a row. The record is on the 55. west. Yeah, well, see yeah. the east. The, the east is used to that, right? They'll get that. they'll get a drought every you know every summer. The statewide <laughs> record was 2017. I did not know this uh, for 55 days. So um, we have an opportunity. I mean, I, I saw the forecast for the next two weeks on the west side. And I'm assuming the east side will be just as good. So but it's I've be actually been I've actually been praying for rain, and which is unusual for me, but only in specific areas. I wanted to come right down the Cascade Mountain Range and just drench the trees, <laughs> and because I ride adventure bikes, and I don't want to have to ride through the smoke, brother, of a of a mismanaged Jay Inslee forest, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. let's you know I'm just praying for like. A cloudburst for like three days, middle of the week when it doesn't bother anybody, just drench the the whole Cascade Range and get, get all oh, those yeah. trees nice yeah. and wet. And right and then now, maybe a little bit over there on Mount Spokane and up there around Colville or something, just enough to you know put put a damper on anything. And that wouldn't it be great if we could just go through one summer because the last two have been really bad in the sense yes. of that, that smoke, right? I mean, the fires are bad enough, but then you completely cover everybody with this, you know, and then you really do need a mask, but yeah. you know, there we go. We'll talk about that as well. But to your point, before we go too far, our good friend, Chris Leba, uh, running for County council over in the Pierce County side, uh, he's organizing a group of people to rescue animals over in the Nespilam area, the Colville area because of the forest fires. We don't think about it. We think about the homes damaged. We think about the the smoke in the air, as you said, the mismanagement of the forest to make these much worse every year when it's dry. But all the animals, all the dogs and cats and all that, what, that need horses and cows horses, and yeah. llamas. Now we have like massive llamas. I, I I don't know how many llamas there are in Washington State, but I see them all the time. I know. Right? <laughs> llamas and alpacas. Welcome and, to South America. But um, so yeah, there there are of course our our. I won't go too deep in this, but the, the commissioner of public lands, you know, uh, there's videos of her dancing with Smokey Bear. But what about doing something about the forest fires? I, obviously, they're doing some work, but we've got to deal with this. To your point, rain would be nice. Um, with a name like Hillary. Forest management would be even better going forward. So <laughs> beforehand, so we can actually mitigate these. So we don't have to deal with them every summer. Uh, yeah. But that, there I am on the soapbox again, brother. So. I know, brother. Well, this, I'm, I'm standing. Brother, I'm I'm off the side of the soapbox, applauding you, brother. I'm there pl- we go. Applauding <laughs> you. Yeah, let's manage the forest. Let's cut the roads. Let's pick up the brush. Let's log responsibly, and let's stop the craziness. And you know, 
when you log responsibly, brother, you fund the schools, but we can't do that because that would stop us from raising taxes and everything. So what do you think about uh, what's going on down there in Arizona? Say it again. Arizona. Arizona. I got you. I told, I told the kids the other day that I want to try some of that new uh, fruit, the um, watermelon. The watermelon. Watermelon, yes. Yeah, watermelon. It's yeah, red. Yes, watermelon, yeah. I it's got, got you. a With green seed in shell. It, yeah. <laughs> anyway, or I'm trying to mispronounce things. It's my thing this summer. I so got Arizona you. is is exactly. what's going on, brother. I, I would kind of watched a little bit of it uh, so, a, couple, a couple days ago. What do you? What do you? What's your our, take? First of all, for our listeners, um, we had a special guest last week. We had Robert Sutherland, the mm-hmm. representative from the 39th district, and we have another guest later today. But he was talking about election integrity and how he went down yes. to the uh, to watch. This audit, this forensic audit of, of the Arizona uh, elections, um, 2020, and um, he talked to, uh, some stories offline. But he now, just he, just a couple of days ago, he was on national news on a, a One American News talking about the results of it too. So, you know, for our guest later today, just so you know, when you're on Doug and Marty's show, it's a it's a natural launching point to go national. I'm just saying, you know, we are a springboard. <laughs> so on I that know Marty note, would though, take credit for that anyway. Exactly right. So um, for those that have not seen yet, um, it's not just irregularities. They act, the Arizona Senate that ordered this audit, um, had them go through and recount through machine count and then recount again. And then they were given testimony about all of the irregularities. And it's uh, shocking, brother. It is, is absolutely shocking, the initial results. Uh, when you have over 79,000 ballots that came in that were never ma- mailed out. So mail-in ballots that were never mailed, but they were received and counted. And there was over 100,000 that were, you know, removed the rolls right after. There are the, um, the voter machines, it says, has proof that they was hacked during the election. The ones that can't be connected to the internet, but it, oh yeah. Right. They can't be connected, but they were, Turns and they we were can. hacked. And the the logs of what votes were counted and so forth coming in were scrubbed in March of 2021. So once again, tampering with illegal. evidence. Yeah, it's illegal. It's a violation of federal law. So you can find it everywhere. But what we're seeing here is, is they're calling them irregularity. But there's enough here when you think about the Arizona election, presidential-wise, was decided by less than 70,000 votes, right? I mean, it was a close election from the presidential and you have literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of votes that are really subject. They're like, okay, suspect where you can't actually count ballots that were never mailed out. how did they get that many 70,000 ballots counted? Uh, how do you remove a hundred thousand ballots or off the voter rolls right after the election that were still counted during the election? So it does make you go, okay, for those on the left or even the right that say, oh, nothing to see here. This is serious stuff. We need to get this stuff cleaned up for to be able to trust our election integrity. Well, and, and in real way, you know, this is I, I feel like this is the Lord allowing us to be disillusioned because when you're disillusioned, you lose your illusions and we can deal with reality. And what we're dealing with is voter fraud on a massive scale. And of course, Kim Wyman is perfect and our votes here in Washington are absolutely perfect. So it's certainly not that. But um, uh, it's my that's funny, yeah. Cheek getting dented from my tongue being in there, but yes. um, yeah, I mean, voter fraud mail-in. They always said the voter fraud specialists always said, "Give us the absentee ballots. We'll kill you on the absentee ballots." Mm-hmm. And now you got an entire nation 
that was basically on absentee ballot because of the f- scamdemic, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this has all got to come out. I mean, you know, you were in medical, the medical industry. You know, you mm-hmm. got to clean things out. You got to expose. You got to figure out what's wrong before you fix it. I mean, even mechanic, right? You can't right. fix something, you know. Yeah, that the tire's going flat. I keep putting air in it, but you know, you might want to take the nail out and plug the hole, right? You got to examine what the processes are. And yes, we've been since 2004 throughout the state, statewide uh, mail-in ballot. And then we're told, oh, it's perfect. It never has any problems. And yet we know that's not true. (laughs) All we want is an honest assessment. And then we were told that, well, it's not enough to sway. You said the word perfect, right? Perfectly fraudulent. Right. So it's not enough to sway an election. How do you know that unless you look at it? It's swaying elections all the time. The 47th district where I live used to be solid. It hasn't changed demographically, but now it's solid Democrat. You know, and so how that happened? We all just changed our mind. Yeah. For our listeners sake, this is the exact number. 74,243 more ballots, mail-in ballots received and mailed. 11,000 voters added to the rolls after election day. 18,000 voters were scrubbed afterwards. Election server was hacked. Remote access was available. All access logs to the machines were scrubbed in March 2021. And original and duplicate ballots were not properly marked with serial numbers, and they cannot be verified on how many times they were counted. And lastly, the number of votes certified does not match the number of ballots sent to the audit. So there's a, even the number total is different than the ones that they actually you got. You sound count. a heck of a lot today like that guy that sells pillows. <laughs> right, but then it, that's but look, how- bro, look, Marty. We know absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt that the vaccine is safe and that the election was perfectly uh, valid because Facebook told us so. And Jam, exactly right, Jam exactly. agreed. And and just this week, in fact, yesterday, um, Jen Saki in a press conference was answering questions about who is um, she their, again? She is the uh, yeah White House press secretary. She speaks. Um, okay. And oftentimes, she speaks times, for Biden uh, or whoever's running that. I'm, I'm not being like the you puppet said, master, the puppet master. Puppet master. When, she, when she says we we speak in his voice. Yes, we put that out. He didn't do that himself. We did that on his. I behalf. know they and, admit it. And when Biden says, they, I, and, I keep forgetting that I'm president. Come that, on. And that. um you know, the uh, Arizona Maricopa County Elections Department said they don't want those machines back. They're going to spend millions to buy new machines because they're afraid those machines could be hacked. They admit it. Yep. They yep. admit it. And, uh, you know, but we don't have, uh, you know, there's only one Doug and Marty show. There's only one OAN. There's only one yes. victory. Max but, and- um, you know, I've been listening to Tucker and Tucker's on the, the vaccine thing, right? Mm-hmm. He's and the fact that he's been, that the NSA has been uh, reading Spying his emails mm-hmm. and, uh, but he's, he's still not willing to go to the election thing, but, um, but we are but Doug we and are. Marty. We'll take on the tough. <laughs> we we'll take won. on the Mike Lindell's of the world. And we'll, uh, we'll, well what this was, said, this, this is the actual results it's from a real. forensic audit. And yet what we have here is but now Facebook the, says no. I know, I know. And now what we have at the federal level, the federal Democrats, the White House is coming against Arizona and trying to, to question the authenticity of the audit. It's what they do. It's why um, President Biden went to Pennsylvania to pressure the Senate not to do an election audit there. That's why there are election irregularities in Georgia, because they don't want the truth to be exposed. 
And to your point, when she admitted yesterday, <laughs> got nothing to hide. The White House I mean, haven't they been, haven't they been that, saying that for to us for years? Well, yes. if you have nothing to hide, you shouldn't worry about all this exactly invasion right. of your or privacy. My body, my choice, right? Come yeah, on. I'm. You know, when the shoes on the other foot, they squirm. Oh, it's did they squirm? Hypocrisy at the highest level. But so amazing, brother. Our listeners need to hear this. If they didn't see this. She said, you know, this is speaking as, as a mouthpiece for the White House and for the Democrat Party there. She said they've been working hand in hand. The White House and the, the Democrat government, the CDC, has been working with social media, Facebook, Instagram, all those, to censor anything that goes against the narrative. So you should be trusting the science we have. So therefore, if you have a, a narrative that goes against what we say, we've been directing these private industries, these Facebooks, to censor you. We've been thinking it's just big tech, but it's big tech working with big government, which is hand totalitarian. Hand. The hand mouthpiece hand. of the DNC. The she admitted that we've been censored when the idea that yeah. the coronavirus could originate in the Wuhan lab, censored you know, millions of times across America. And now it's true uh, the whole time that it, could, that it could have originated there. So, so I have a liberal daughter, uh -huh. one of them. And uh, yeah, she said that, you know, it's been disproven. It absolutely did not originate from Wuhan. And I'm like, you're not staying up on current events, are you? Once you get your, once you get your mind made up, you're good. Yep. Yep. Uh, can't, can't understand why gas prices keep going up either. She just can't figure it out. She's lost her mind. Anyway, hey, you know, um, I, I've kind of, I've shattered it, but it used to be really, really cool if you had four on the floor. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Four on the floor, yep. man. Wasn't that the thing, like a Hearst shifter with four on the floor? You were a hot rod guy, right? I was a hot rod, day. yep. A rock did you have a four, four on the floor? I did. Yeah. Yep. I have an eight speed now. My Hemi is now an eight speed, but it also gets like double the gas mileage, but it's still like really, really fast. It's 400, power, 400 horsepower. But anyway... Speaking of four, the fourth district is a district. <laughs> I'm, like, going there. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? And I think four on the floor is still pretty darn cool. And we have um, representative Bob McCaslin here and he's got four on the floor, baby. He is from the fourth district, Spokane Valley. Uh, Bob, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Do you have a Chrome, do you have a Chrome handle shifter on your four on the floor, bro? Actually, uh, it's been the last car that I had that had had a manual transmission it was not a car; it was a truck, yeah. and uh, it was a five-speed. But uh, see, they've they've ruined it. So now the fifth my, district is better. No. <laughs> <laughs> the one got, thing I love about Bob issues, is not fifth. only being a friend; he's another conservative. He's been in the, in the house for uh, several terms now. But, you know, his background as, as a kindergarten teacher aptly prepared him to work in the legislature. But uh, i got to ask you, Bob, it's gotten to be now where those toddlers and that grew up in, in kindergarten are now big, oversized bullies in the, in the house. So um, as a kindergarten teacher, you can't use a ruler anymore. You can't. Uh, what do you do? And put them in timeout? What, what do you, what, how do you uh, do this in the house, brother? <laughs> well, I, I think there's. There's, there's not a whole lot uh, we could do. Uh, I, I, I truly believe every substantive uh, bill that came before us that was, uh, that was terrible, we, we won the debate every single time. 
and uh, it was uh, because of Representative Jim Walsh uh, was was huge in that arena. Robert Sutherland was also uh, my new seatmate. Rob Chase did a great job, and I was able to speak out on quite a few things that you know my history degree uh, from WSU. Uh, came in handy too, because I, I mean, we were taught way back when that, you know, we study history so we can learn from it. Mm -hmm. So we don't repeat the mistakes we've made in the past. And yet we continue to do things like give $1.8 billion to the Department of Children, Youth and Families. And they have got a history of driving private child cares out of business and rewriting the wax and not having any uh, the Washington Administrative Code um, and not having any accountability. And uh, so it's, it's been, it's painful on one hand, but on the other, uh, those of us who, who uh, believe uh, Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we have that security. And, and I think that came out. Uh, uh, Representative Brad Clipper uh, did, a, did a great job in that arena too. And mm -hmm. I, I think I learned a lot of new things just being on the first Zoom legislature um, and how important it is to, and, and that's what was truly missing from this last session was being able to reach out to you used to be able to walk just down the hall if you wanted to talk to somebody um, across the aisle and have great conversations about, you know, issues and and uh, and and talk things out. That Zoom, I think, has helped divide us more, um, only because there there's there's limitations to Zoom. And, uh, and there were a lot of times, Democrats and Republicans alike, who were having trouble getting on. And uh, so it, it was, it was uh, one of those things where we- it, Zoom is 100% secure. You cannot hack Zoom. It's completely, <laughs> there's no way for Zoom to connect to the internet and you can trust Zoom. Well, I don't think it was so, hacked. I just I think it's, it's fallible like any oh, other yeah. oh, human yeah. created joking. technology. Right. So, I, I'm, I'm right hey, with hey, you, Bob. Hey, Bob, I'm going to ask a question as a friend. You know I have to go here, too. I just did a, another show on critical race theory, and there's uh -huh. a, a recent article that we posted on our page on Doug and Marty versus the World about this middle school teacher talking about how she saw critical race theory. This is Rhode Island. Uh, and how invasive it was. It wasn't called critical race theory, but she said all of her historical teachings uh, was they, they removed all the teachings on the genocide through um, through the Jews and Nazi Germany. They removed all the, and it was all lens-based based on this racial idea that um, we're oppressors and we're a racist nation and whatever. And she goes, even the books were replaced with things that had the narrative on that. And so we know that we've, we've heard from the superintendent public instructions and, we, and Inslee that we're not teaching this here. Yep, we signed it into law many times this last session to teach critical yeah. race theory. And, you know, and for a reminder for our listening audience too, the three tenets of that that are very clear. The first one is there is no absolute truth, which means just an anti-cod statement. 
Number two, you're divided in classes. You're either an oppressor if you're white or you're a victim if you're not. And three, truth and history doesn't matter. It's your lived experiences. Those are things that are dangerous. And this, apparently, this is you know across our public school system. As a former teacher, as a yeah. legislator, you know what do parents need to know, and how can they fight back on this stuff? Well, I, I, just kind of preparing for this today. I, um, I, I think this is uh, is is the thing that that is has been uh, actively plugged into our society that there's no longer any need for relationships with people. Um, you know, the, the, the message out there is, you know, without taking into consideration your real everyday actions, your heart intentions, you are automatically branded one thing or another. And there's not any place in between those two things. And I mean, this is an unprecedented way to keep people from actually getting to know each other, I think. Because when, when you have put different people in different classes, not based on knowing them, um, it, you know, it, it divides us, it, it, it makes enormous presumptions about people. Um, and you're an outcast if you don't use the correct terms and language. And I mean, this is a wholesale attempted takeover of our great country based on restructured social norms. Mm -hmm. And, and there's no real facts to back this up, you know? So, so let, me, me, let, me, let, me, let me just interrupt you for just for a second. This reminds me much so of our scientific community many years ago when the idea of evolution was a rejection of Christianity or a rejection of creationism, yeah. right? When you see what this has been teaching since the 1930s, our whole nation founded upon the fact that we were given God-given rights, unalienable rights from God, protected by the Constitution, that we're unique, but we have equal opportunity, that the land of the free and liberty, right? To, to change that narrative, say, no, we're not. We're a racist nation built on the backs of this thing. We're divided, not united. We're, you know, we don't have an opportunity. You're stuck in a class system. Everything that is being taught now is a rejection of our founding documents, our founding principles yes. uh, at, at the very core and teaching the next generation to hate this nation, to hate those other people, to hate their neighbor, which flies in the face. But that's what was taught. I mean, using that example, uh, Darwinism, right? Evolution has been taught through our schools for decades. And yet it's still a theory itself, right? That flies in the face of creation. Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that that really strikes me though, is that this is, we, I think every single person really has to think on a more deeper level what their response is going to be to this. And for me, you know, I've got four things basically. Um, number one, love your neighbor mm -hmm. um, and, and make sure that your actions are backing up what you're saying. Um, sometimes those two things can become disparate. Um, uh, encourage further and deeper discussion. And, and that takes patience. It also takes a certain level of preparation because mm -hmm. there's a lot of things in our world that, you know, you can't know everything is what I'm trying to say. So uh, you have to be a good listener 
in, the, in all of this. Uh, you can't assume anything. Ask questions. You know, it, that's a way that people can show that they love their neighbor. If they're asking questions and wanting to get to know that other person better. And last of all, but probably most important is live the life of surrender to Jesus. Because, I mean, that, that in and of itself uh, can give hope to people. And you know, I, re- I read that in John today uh, as I was, you know, preparing for my day. He, first of all, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? Mm-hmm. Secondly, he said, by this will all men know you're my disciples, that you love one another, right? So he's saying, yeah. you know, the two great ones, right? Love God, love your neighbor, right? So... I will say this, though, as you go on, and and Doug speaks to this all the time, but uh, I caution our Christian audience. It really is one of those things because the enemy of our soul comes to steal, kill, and devour, right? Destroy. And and what they've done in society is is control the language. They've, They've, I will say this, they've ruined or changed the definition of love. If we say, love your God, you know, the whole heart and soul and strength and your neighbor as yourself, and it's the Bible is very clear who our neighbor is. It's anybody, right? Even those who we hate, even our enemy. However, God defines love as Jesus. It doesn't say love is tolerance, love is, is giving in, love is being wimpy. Uh, this society is, is designed, love is allowing me to do what I want to do. And then making you celebrate what the Bible says is not good. That's not love. That's not love, brother. No, so and we need to be clear what love is and what, how God defines it's it. It's like Wayne Perryman says, heaven is a gated community. So, you know, you got, there's going to, there's, there are requirements to get to heaven, right? And this life is temporary. This life goes super fast. You know, like we started off the program today, right? We're hat, we're dead center in the middle of summer right now. And it just seemed like we just had 4th of July the other day. Right. And already it's been, you know, a week, Right. So we're, um, you know, two weeks and we're like, uh, it's just like that. Right. Our children are graduate. Both of us have, you know, our youngest daughter's graduating high school this year, going off to college. It yeah. seems like a breath, a moment of time. Mm-hmm. And when we start to connect people with the eternal values and the eternity and, you know, the the vanity, like, you know, you, you look at uh, is it uh, Ecclesiastes, right? Vanity, all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And and start to look at this. And, you know, that, that's the thing that, that bothers me most. And the thing that it's, is exciting is you've seen all these videos, of these parents going to these school board meetings and black parents and white parents and others, Hispanic, and they're saying, we don't want this. We do not want this. Our kids don't see color. You're, you're forcing them to see color. You're forcing them to see color. And I believe critical race theory is against federal law. It is against the federal law because you're not allowed to in school in a school situation. And I posted that on Facebook a couple of days ago. Um, probably should share that to, I forgot to share it to Doug and Marty, there but basically uh, the hatch amendment says you're not allowed to, to do that sort of thing, to do anything that would um, draw out what the child or the parents political views are, what the child or the parents, you know, racial things and all this stuff. It's very, all that stuff is prohibited by federal law. And so, you know, we do have a problem with, you know, judges and stuff like that. So, you know, but we need to bring lawsuits and we need to bring, you know, we need to, we need to use every tool 
you know, like I'm still doing street church every week, brother, you know, right. I'm out there fighting because it's, you know, they telling us to shut up. And the, the more they tell us to shut up, the louder we're, we're going to be like formerly blind Bartimius, right? The more they right. told him to shut up, the louder he got. Amen. And he got his eyesight back. And I believe we're going to see that. I think that our listeners, uh, you wouldn't listen to a show like this unless there was something inside of you that said, I can do this. I can overcome, I can win. And that's why we so much appreciate our legislators that, you know, are the Jesse Young's, the Bob McCaslin's, the Robert Sutherland's, Jim Walsh's. I mean, they're in there and they're like, to the body, to the body. I feel like Burgess Meredith, you know, come on, you're a, you know, you're a mean fighting machine. And they go in there fighting. And I just love the fact that Bob said they won every debate, but we're going to do it anyway, because that, again, that exposes the flaw. And, um, and I think that's really good, Doug, because obviously the truth will always be revealed. God says yeah. that well, what's done in darkness will be revealed in the light. And we thank you for our fighters. And that's kind of what I was getting at before is how can people help you and also change it? Because what Doug's saying, I mean, we, our whole ideal between uh, Martin Luther King, Reverend Martin Luther King was, right, the content of your character, not the color of your skin, this future, the idea that we're a colorblind society, that we were going away from that, that recognizing the history, understanding that, as President Lincoln said, we are on, on a venture, a journey for a more perfect union, that these principles in place allow us to recognize when we've done wrong, learn from it, and grow from it. And to now, a, basically, the, the ideology being forced upon uh, public education, upon our society in general, it, this move is anti. It, it's just the opposite of that. So there is this cultural war, a political war, you know, a spiritual war going on that um, as citizens, they're lost. What do I do? Right. And of course, some, some will pull their kids from school. Uh, some will stay, will stay in the battle. But really, this has to be a point where we show up and say, what kind of America do we want? How do we support those like yourself that are in the trenches in the minority, you know, and a lot of it is just showing up in mass, making sure that we keep the pressure on saying, this is not where we want to go. Maybe this is a time to fight for school choice saying we want, um, since you're going to try to indoctrinate our kids with your uh, political agenda, we need to have an equal counterpart to that because, you know, that's what it is there. Right. Or uh, an option for parents to choose a different school. Right. So, I, you know, there's, like you said, we win the arguments, but we're not winning the hearts at this point in time uh, because the talking points are, so well, good, you don't Marty. care about the kids if you don't do that. We got to get the heart. And what's, what's, what is closer to us, right? Than right. our children, our grandkids, our families. Mm-hmm. And that's, see, they've gone after that. And I think that's where they've the bridge too far. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the Democrats have really made their fatal error as they're going after our babies. Mm-hmm. And my, uh, my oldest daughter has, you know, just had her third, uh, you know, my third grandchild, little Ooh. baby girl and all that. And they're like, their friends are like, well, you know, let your babies, you know, pick their gender. And they're like, no, they're boys and they're girls. And, you know, uh, this is something that um, people, you know, even in the, in the, in the wild kingdom, man, right. The parent bird will die to protect the baby bird. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you start messing with the children, now they thought they had us because of the abortion thing, right? Like they had moms killing their own babies. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there's something about a baby that you wanted and you birthed and you're raising. And all of a sudden you're like, that's not my values. And, uh, um, you know, uh, there's the woke, the woke thing is awakening people up and, and, you know, 
I, I be, there's nothing more wonderful than mom and dad and the kids and the grandkids and the family. I mean, the family's like the most wonderful, amazing thing. My daughter, you know, the other day we had uh, a little family graduation party, right? And we all went and did an escape room together and we like to be together and we love each other and we want to do things together and enjoy each other's company and eat food, have cake. She's like, I don't care what we do. I want cake. I, was like, okay, Kelly, I love it. You get cake. But you know, they're messing with our kids mm-hmm. and nothing will get me more riled up and make me more angry than messing with my kids and uh, messing with my grandkids. So, uh, and I want to speak to that, Doug, and I appreciate that as much. This is what it's all about, it's about life. And the, one of the things Doug and I, and we get preachy sometimes about the word of God or about people getting engaged. But when we realize for many of us out there, even many Christians out there, like, oh, politics, that's dirty and ugly. I don't want to get involved. It's like, no, no, no. You'll understand it's the one um, thing that affects everybody. It, it puts burdens, un, unnecessary burdens on people that can't afford it or can't deal with it. It, it, it teaches what our kids learn. It's, it has so much influence that if we're not engaged, then we get what we don't want. And that's really what it is. It's like is we want to support people like Bob and, and others like, that it, are there fighting. But it's really, it takes us getting engaged and understanding because if we want our values to be expressed and to be a blessing, and, and we they, have to be. They're, and they're just liars. I mean, yeah. they, like, we're going to go tax the rich and then they end up taxing the poor and the gas prices double. And who are they hurting? They're hurting right. the family. They can't now, you know, I mean, my uh, friend was telling me it was like 50, 60 bucks to fill up a 12 gallon tank, right? Mm-hmm. So the gas was like 450 at this. I'm like, well, you were close to the airport. So the rental car places were getting you, <laughs> but, but that's where it's headed. And that's yes. what's hurting people. And that's real money. When you double your gasoline, uh, you double your diesel and all that stuff. And then everything moves by diesel, right? All your bread is shipped by diesel, your milk, your beef, your canned food, you know, so this is a, this is a terrible thing. Um, Once again, that's, that's me, why it's all me, connected. Let me, I want to bounce back to Bob because earlier today, uh, before we went on the air, Bob and I were talking and it was this family connection. So he was talking about the Spokane city council race and how there's some family connections in there. And I don't want to steal this thunder, but you tell us what's going on on these, on these city council races, Bob. Well, we, you know, we have a, we have a city council right now that of course it's, it's supposed to be, uh, I like to call it (laughs) non-denominational. (laughs) <laughs> like you would, uh, you know, a church, but uh, basically there, there are people that, that have kind of swept in, uh, there are seven members on the city council, and four of those members have been really pushing an agenda that is not in keeping really with, with uh, how the city should be run in my opinion. And so I'm way back when there's quite a history to this, that that happened. And so my dad and his buddies used to get, you know, Senator McCaslin and his buddies would get together for coffee and and they talk about all of the, they're paying attention, close attention to what the city council was doing. And, and all they were doing was complaining. And so my dad said, so, why aren't any of us running for city council? And that, well, the, the, you know, that was kind of the, the thing. And um, I was asked to run for city council. I turned him down. I, I, <laughs> I, I loved my job and I, and I didn't think I could do be a full-time teacher. And, 
and serve on the city council. So uh, anyway, th this group of people uh, took six people out of the city council and it had to do with how money was being used and they put in place some really neat things where they kept uh, the, the rule basically was we have to keep at least a half year of, of budget money in reserve. And, and most of the time it was a whole year of it. And so they've been talking about not doing that anymore. They've, they're actively out there buying property for parks and the new park parks director, I talked to him and said, why are our parks overcrowded? Uh, well, no, but that's not the reason. Well, I said, explain to me more about why we have to buy all of this land right now. Well, it's going to cost more later. Well, I know we're growing, but I'm, I'm just not sure that, you know, we're going to hit the capacity for all the people that want to go to the park. And my wife and I walk our dogs at the, at the park all the time, and we rarely see a lot of other people, it's really never overcrowded. So all of that's going on. And then Senator Patton, who took my dad's place in the Senate, he, uh, his wife started to get really upset about this just based on snow removal stuff that was going on. And so uh, he'd been urging her, well then run for city council. And so she did and she's been showing uh, herself to be very well versed on what needs to be improved in our city and what can what we can do better and just practical things and uh, we've got a couple of of people that are uh, that owned a business and the liquor cannabis board came after them and and the city of Spokane Valley kind of turned a blind eye to what was going on and so We've got a father and son running, and we've got uh, three incumbents that that that, uh, that are that are conservative, and and uh, it's Pam Haley and uh, uh, Rob Higgins, and uh, oh gosh, <laughs> he's going to kill me. For, <laughs> he's going to kill me for for for, for, for forgetting, but uh, Arnie, he's, Arnie, he's, Arnie Woodard. There we go. So, so all of these these people are you know they're out doorbelling they're uh, and and they're well versed on what's going on and uh, and we've got all these new people we've got I've got a former parent of one of my students who's running for the school board Pam Orbach and she's uh, leading a fight to have more school choice and more Isn't accountability for what's yeah. being taught and how the schools are using their money. Isn't and, this important though, Bob, think about that from county council and school board, which is this year's elections. We're in the primary here, this, this basically in a couple of weeks and then yeah. the general election, the day-to-day -day decisions of what happens in your city, whether it be taxes, whether it be roads, whether it be maintenance, whatever, the things that really matter to you and me every day happens to city council. The things that happen in our schools, the, the a first fire line, the first defense for us is the school board. And so these are where the fights are at. And for the people that are stepping up and running for these things, Thank you. Thank us. Get out behind them and support. Absolutely. Them, right? Yeah. And, and that's the encouraging thing. More people are w willing to, you know, put, put their feet on the ground and, and, and get involved uh, either behind the scenes or actually running for an office. And that's, 
that's encouraging because uh, I know I I don't know how many how many more years I I could do this job, but um, I would hope that there be a healthy number of people that would want to take my place, and hopefully for the right reasons. Uh, and and I and I for me. Uh, a good candidate is somebody who believes Mark 10 45 for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So it has to be people who are willing to make a sacrifice. It has to be people who have a good moral center and, and, and people who want to serve, not because they want their name out there more or to become more recognized and, and get adulation. And, uh, Boy, any state representative, especially Republican nowadays, all we have to do is read our, our emails to realize, uh, no, we have not ascended into any kind of uh, <laughs> lead category where everybody just automatically thinks we're absolutely wonderful. And that's, that's the beauty of our country. There, there, we have the freedom to disagree. People are not going to be punished as of yet um, for sending their their uh, state representative or senator uh, a nasty email saying, what the heck are you doing? I, you know, this is what I believe and why aren't you doing that? And, and hopefully that's leading to good conversations. And it's because we desperately need a society that's more informed, uh, one that is more involved with what's actually happening instead of making assumptions. And that's the, that's the, uh, and be, know, being willing to have that conversation, right? That's, yeah. that's the, that's what you're saying that you're saying if they'll talk and, you know, I've, I've shared this a couple of times, but you know, we did this lawsuit. Uh, we had four Democrats, four Republicans and within not very much time. I so we started the lawsuit in like August and by February, two of the Democrats had become Republicans. And it wasn't because we were so smart or whatever, but it was because we weren't the devil and we were just like <laughs> nice. And we did, you know, we didn't agree with universal health care and stuff. We didn't talk about that. We talked about election integrity. That was what the lawsuit was about. But mm -hmm. over the course of time, they're like, Hey, these guys are right. And, you know, I'm like, can you guys like wait to switch till after the lawsuit? But, um, <laughs> you know, because I think in addition to, they got to know you as a person as Bob was talking about. That's earlier. what they I'm saying. It was yeah. because yeah. of me and Keith Swank and Art Coday and guys like that. Just like, you know, we're not, you know, we disagree, but we're not disagreeable. Right. We just, right. we love you. And here's where we stand. Yeah. And this is why we think we're right. And of course we do think we're right or we wouldn't stand there, right, right, but right. it's so good, Bob. Thanks for sharing yeah. that because I think, talking sure. to our neighbors, talking to people and being willing, you know, I think, you know, Jesus said something about that, like, right. Just love your neighbor. <laughs> so Bob, I, want, I know we don't have a lot of time left in the show, but I want to touch on two things quickly. Um, one, of course, what you're working on um, in the legislature, what, what you've done, what you're working on next, but also since we're talking about this, you're in the battle. How do you recharge, you know, and how, and how can people pray for you? I mean, honestly, that's really important. Oh, I, I think it's, I, th I think every person, uh, some more than others, uh, struggle with time management, especially in this job where, you know, I'm, I'm kind of partially retired, but this is a job that takes at least two thirds of my time. 
at, at the very least, sometimes three fourths and sometimes seven eighths and sometimes 100%. Um, it, it all varies, but um, just that I would use my time wisely and that I'd spend more time listening than talking because I love to talk and my wife reminds me of that all the time. Uh, <laughs> and there are times where I don't talk enough either. <laughs> you know, there's being sensitive to what other people's needs are uh, is, is really important. And uh, because if you consistently believe that you're the most important person in the room, then, um, you know, the most, most important person in the room is Jesus. And Jesus is present with us. Uh, he is tugging at our heartstrings. He's, he's directing us. If we'll listen, if we'll tend, if we'll take some time to be quiet. Um, and that's where I, I think the best things come out of is when we actually do that. So that's, that's basically it for me. And, and I'm uh, trying to plan a little bit for the future. I'm 63 years old. So I don't know for how many more years I want to do this particular job. So well, you um, can get started at 80 because that's when Moses, there we go. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so if you were, let's say that you're retiring, let's say that you're retiring 10 years from now, just, just for argument's sake, uh, and you look back, what do you want to have accomplished or be said about you when you're done with your career in uh, politics? That, that I was a good listener, that I, uh, when people emailed me or, or called the office, that I responded uh, well that um, the energy I put into doing my job was worth it. I, I, I love the fact that even though I never expected it, uh, a bill of mine passed this last session, the road maintenance and preservation bill and was signed by the governor. And, and ironically, it was the, the union road workers who brought that across the line. And uh, they were not invited by me or I don't know, uh, other than they knew their jobs were going away if we didn't catch up with road maintenance and preservation. With 4,000 miles of roads uh, behind their preservation and maintenance dates, uh, it was affecting all kinds of other parts of life. And so I'm, I'm so thankful that that was able to pass. and. Uh, there, there are things in education and school choice that I think we really need to go after and especially the early learning uh, arena. Mm -hmm. That's another place we've, we've got a, an agency that's out of control. And I, and I don't say that lightly uh, when we've got four to 5,000 child cares that have disappeared in the last six years. Mm -hmm. And the only thing you can point to is what happened with the agency. And uh, I think we're gonna have to redefine what quality means because I don't think they have a firm grasp on that, unfortunately. Or maybe they have an agenda that, that we wouldn't agree with uh, in that regard too. When you make it harder to have a, a daycare, you have less of them, more costly, but then who has to fill the void? That would be government agencies that have a certain restriction or guidance, but to, I and love, then you can raise taxes and you can yep. start a new bureaucracy and, a, and, on and, okay. on. and growing government as well. So I love uh, your sentiment there though. These are things where you have a platform 
as a representative of the people, you hear from the people and you fight for them, but you have this, this heart for education. You have a heart for the practical things like roads that we all need, the, the, the tens of thousands of people or more that this really affects. You know, people, they lose sight of that. You know, of course, I will pontificate all day long about what's right and what's wrong, about patriotism, about this. But these things right here affect me. I want my roads. I want to be able to drive to work, <laughs> right? Or take my kids to, to a game. These are really, really important issues. Right, Doug? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to uh, just go back to um, the local races for a moment. And just um, is there a like Bob's pick list? Is there a, you know, is there who's putting out who we should vote for? Because these are nonpartisan and uh, for the most part. And, you know, we have uh, over here, we've got King County. Uh, council. We've got a bunch of city races. We've got mayors. We've got city council members. We've got, you know, school boards. Uh, I, what's it's exciting to me, Marty, is it doesn't seem like there's any school board positions that people didn't file for <laughs> that aren't contended. I think that might be might be a good thing. It's a good but sign. Bob, is there any place that people can go find out stuff? I mean, the well, I think it's like a hundred words, right? I mean, yeah. There's the the voters pamphlet is is pretty informative. I think um, I I think pe- people underestimate. You know, if you write a good description of who you are, that's accurate. That can really help. Um, I I think uh, uh, Laura Padden did a great job of that. Um, Pam Haley did too. Um, Brandon Fenton, who's uh, a young fellow, uh, who's a Armed Forces veteran. Uh, owned this business and he's running against the mayor, Ben Wick. And, and he's sharp. Uh, Brandon's really, really wonderful. And then Rod Higgins, who's been a, a stalwart member of the city council and has, has really called into question a lot of the things that are happening. And did I mention Pam Haley? Mm-hmm. Pam Haley is a, a child care owner, business owner, and uh, she's, she's got a pretty good record too. So I, I think um, those are, you know, the people that I personally voted for. I, I have no problem telling people, you know, who I vote for because uh, it encourages me to make sure that I'm informed. And uh, it's, I, I think if I had any, any direction to give to, you know, voters in the fourth district in Spokane Valley, um, do your homework, you know, take 15, 20 minutes, read the voters pamphlet, look some things up online um, and, and don't do that haphazardly, go to trusted sources. And uh, sometimes those are harder to find the more local. You Can you get. trust Jim Walsh's Facebook posts? Well, I, I, I trust Jim a lot. <laughs> Me too. I, I, I got to spend a couple of days with him and his family, went to a high school basketball game. His youngest is, uh, is, uh, was playing. I had, I haven't had more fun going to a high school basketball game and it was a JV game. It was wonderful. <laughs> it just, it was so exciting. It was people that I mean, played basketball like you, Marty. <laughs> right, JV. <laughs> It, it was it, it was just really really fun and uh, got to spend time with Brad Clippert and Kenwick and 
what a neat guy he is. He's running for Congress uh, against Dan Newhouse, and I support him 100% yep. uh, to do that. It's, Dan Newhouse uh, has got to go. Get rid of that guy. And Brad's great. Right, he's a great candidate, great legislator as well, and a great man of faith as well. So I love that. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, um, you know, 2022 is coming up as well, and that's going to be a big year. And of course, that's the race you were just re- one of the races you were referring to. All congressional seats, all of our 10 congressional districts will be up. That's every two years. We will have all of our House seats in the Washington State Legislature will be up as well. And half of our Senate seats will be up. And then there will also be other, you know, positions down ticket. And it's just so important that, you know, we stay involved and people that are thinking about running for office, uh, you know, contact your county party, contact your district, you know, there's help there for you. And, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We already have a wheel. It works. It goes round and round (laughs) and you can put it on a bus. If you're in Bob McClaslin's kindergarten class, the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. Any rate, um, there are things that are help. You can get help. And uh, so we want to give money to people that are running. We want to, to volunteer and we want a doorbell. And we want to go to city council meetings. We want to go to school board meetings. We want to go, you know, it was really hard, obviously, because of this, the scandemic, but um, you could still go to, you know, the legislative session. You can email your legislators. You can email the, the governor. Um, hey, Bob, is it true that the, even though the COVID were open, the COVID emergency of, is thing is still in effect, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we could just, I decided to shut everything down again. I mean, this is like unconstitutional craziness, right? It is. Um, Stop that. It, yeah, it's what what it's doing more than anything is it's preying on people's fears. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think nobody likes to be sick, number one. Number two. Um, nobody likes to die. Exactly. Everybody wants to go to and, heaven, but nobody wants to die. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is, Doug, my dad always said, if you're getting in a fight, you're going to get hit. Yeah, the idea here, too, is people are afraid of pain, so they'll avoid anything by nature. They're afraid, they're by fear, well, I'm afraid of dying, therefore, I'm not going to live, right? These are things, no, we were raised a different way. Yes, there is a certain amount of risk in life. What are the facts? Let me make my own decision that's based on me or my family and go for it. And right now, this nanny state, as we would say, where the emergency powers are, are making people and basically the, all the messages they get is about fear. When all the Bible says is fear not, you know, be courageous. And then you've got the, faith, right. You've got the IRS, you've got the NSA, you know, reading their emails. You've got, you know, all this stuff. We've got yeah. to get back. We've got to get our nation back. We got to stop these people. And that means like Marty said, if you're going to get in a fight, you're going to get hit, but we got to be willing to get hit. I mean, how many people, how many 17, 18, and 19-year-olds shed their blood at D-Day to keep America free, right? They never got to grow up and have a family and do all that stuff. They did that for us. Are we not willing to sacrifice a little bit of our, you know, Facebook prestige <laughs> to do something for God, to do something for our kids? I love Mario Murillo. His last blog was, this isn't about you. This is about the kids. What exactly are we going right. to do? And so- yeah. 
getting involved, doing that. So we, we want to honor you, Bob. Thank you for, you know, for your, your service in the, the legislature, in the school system. And just as, just as a Christian guy, you know, standing up and telling us what the Bible says, because we've all forgotten those verses and we need to be reminded about them again. And we need to be reminded every day. This is a daily thing. This isn't like a one-time deal. Like I got saved in 1999 and I, you know, I'm going hey, to heaven. Me. It's a daily thing. It's gotta, we got to walk this thing out every day. And we just honor you, Bob, because we know you're doing that as best as you can. Thank and, you for being uh, an example of what, what a Christian and a man of faith should be in the legislature and serving. You found your path for your calling. So thank certainly you. Certainly need it. Yep. Amen. Well, that's it. That's it for today. But we'll be back next time. This is Doug this Bassler. Is Doug and Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Bye-bye.